This is Uncle Monster, and you're listening to Nutty Bites. Hello, Mixed Neck Cases. This is Nuchas, and this is Intro to Ghibli. With me today, I have, as always... Hi, I'm from the Cat Bureau. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm still tech, but... And our guides through all things Ghibli. I'm Jen. <laughs> and I'm Jason. Sounded so skeptical there, Jen. We, 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 could, we couldn't... What you, my wireless listeners, can't see is them staring daggers at each other across the room... As they were in in some sort of standoff for who would talk first. Mm-hmm. Look, I always let ladies go first. Ladies go first. So we watched the 2002 movie The Cat Returns. This is the only sequel or spinoff that any Ghibli movie has done. Um, Tech, do you have a 60 second summary? Or a te- I, I have a ten. Summary? I have a 10 second textile summary of this movie. What if? We redid the labyrinth with Tim Curry instead of David Bowie, and they were all cats. And he was fighting Carrie Elwes. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> what What if instead of be, instead of the, the the little teenage brunette girl instead of being American she was Japanese, and it's all cats instead of Muppets, and it's Tim Curry instead of David Bowie. Now. We all grew up, and we I'm pretty sure I can speak for all four of us here and say, we all love The Labyrinth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait to show this movie to my niece. Yeah. Because I think this will do for her. She's 13 turning on 14 in a couple months. This movie will do to her what The Labyrinth did to me at about that age. This, to me, this is Miyazaki's first whimsical tale. Like, we... Oh, what? what, what yeah, Ponyo. Ponyo, but remember Ponyo, Ponyo came after this. Remember Ponyo came after this. Did it? Yes. Okay. Ponyo came after this. The only thing you got before this movie was um, Princess Mononoke um, and some other ones. But you, you, but like when it comes to like the whimsical, like you got Totoro and Princess Mononoke before this. And okay. that's fair. That's fair. You know, and 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 again, he's actively doing a fairy tale in. Ponyo. He's telling yeah, Ponyo. Ponyo is the story of the Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah. As, as this a is just Miyazaki on an acid trip, looking at a bunch of cats. But so, it's the labyrinth. While watching the labyrinth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And combining two of my favorite movies growing up, which is the Labyrinth and Princess Bride, because you got Carrie always. So, would you like to know where the idea for this came from? Yeah, where? So. This, Studio Ghibli received a proposal from a Japanese theme park to make a 20-minute animation starring cats. Okay. And then Miyazaki's like, well, why don't we make something um, a little bigger? And then it was going to go direct to video. And then uh, as he was going through the storyboards and introduces the main character of Haru, um, that's when uh, people were encouraging Miyazaki to give this a cinematic release. So it started out as an ad for a theme park so, about cats. By the way, I want to go to this theme park because we even said during one of these things, I would ride that ride. Yeah. Like the, the thing where she's being carried off by the cats and it's going up and down and over buildings and like, yeah. Uh, and, and, and uh, the Baron is chasing her on the back of Toto. Like, that's one of those rides where you wear goggles on and you're in like a chair that moves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The 3D rides, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's or 4D. Yeah, it, you know, and can we say that Miyazaki was getting the opposite 
of George Lucas. Like he had a short, small idea and people were like, Oh, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger. If George Lucas has an idea. People are like, oh. Can you make that into nine movies or less, sir? Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Just, yeah. How about one? Can we do one? Let's start with one and see what ha- happens. Yeah. And, yeah. Fine. Then I'll start with number four. <laughs> yeah, people are asking Miyazaki, dude, do sequels. We love do a sequel, Miyazaki. And Miyazaki's like, nah. How about I, how about we give I'll give you a prequel and then we'll do an interdimensional acid trip. So the only thing that really makes this a sequel is The Baron. The Baron, which is a cat figurine that yeah, was imbued with so, human spirit. Right. So it's the same character because he was imagined by a girl, yeah. which is why he's got hands instead of paws. And yeah. But other than the character and the voice actor that followed him along, this is pretty standalone, which is good because the yeah. first movie was... What did I give that score for that first one? Because it was not good. I didn't. You 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 gave it a better score than Jason. Mm-hmm. Listen, me and, listen, me and Jen you gave about that this. a five out of ten, and Jason gave it a two out of ten, and Jen gave it a six out of ten, and I gave it a seven out of ten. So I like Whisper of the Heart. Listen, like I have to judge Whisper of the Heart against the other Ghibli films that it is amongst. But you're not supposed to judge it except for the ones we've seen with Nettie No. Well, no, 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 no. I can that judge look. it. How, listen, that I can look. judge it how I judge it because I've seen all these more times than I would care to mention. <laughs> and I will say this. Whisper of the Heart is the only one of the Ghibli movies that I've fallen asleep to. Um, it took okay, me- but we're not talking about Whisper of the Heart. But what we're I'm, talking but, about the cat no, 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 You don't have to defend it. You've I'm already defended it. I'm not defending it. I'm not defending it. Because we know what I mean. What I'm talking about is that me and Jen mentioned this when I when we talked about it yesterday that we're going to be doing uh, the Cat Returns, and I was saying that I solidly believe this is just even even if I liked Whisper of the Heart, this movie is better than Whisper of the Heart. I agree. Um, I agree. I agree better, wholeheartedly. The more exciting parts of Whisper of the Heart, <laughs> the more the, the 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 more exciting parts of Whisper of the Heart are the parts where she's writing the novel starring the Baron. Yeah, and in this we basically just get the tale of the Baron. Like we get was it? Sorry, was it Whisper of the Heart where we found out that John Denver stole his song yes, from the twelve-year-old yes, Japanese yes, girl? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. The original Japanese is so much better. The original Japanese version of "Take Me Home, West Virginia." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but now I will say with this, um, this movie is basically my life if I had a fantastical world ruled by Cat Jesus oh, or wait. a lot of acid. Yeah, or a lot of acid or shrooms. How but so? <laughs> because this movie is littered with cats. And Miyazaki had to have captured, stalked, or, or just cat, you know, just tormented cats to learn their movements. Because again, he's murdering animators with this movie. Well, but here's the thing I don't think that it's super hyper realistic animation. I don't think that he went too crazy in the artistic side either. Um, but definitely got the emotion and the movement right. Um, I think it, it was, I don't think a lot of animators are dead and, and it took them three years to complete this movie. So I think they gave them their time. So there's probably a lot less dead animators, but it's still, it's, it's, Honestly, like while Princess Mononoke is probably the best animated thing that I've seen from Ghibli, I this is a better movie. I again, I say this a lot on this, but I cannot wait until you guys see Tale of Princess Kaguya. 
Well, whatever. We're not there yet, dude. He, you suck I, at this. unspoiling saw, us. I saw the Sesame Street version, mm. and <laughs> you've already warned me that Princess Kaguya is going to be super sad. Yeah. So I didn't. Why did say super sad? I didn't say super sad. I just said you just said one word. You just said sad, and I I had to throw in neutral for certain movies because it was just kind of a neutral. Right, movie. The listeners okay. were not here for that conversation. Yeah. Okay, but, so but, uh, but, so I, I know, have to I have to say that the. Uh, there's a show that we watch. It's a it's an anime ish show, and we can get into that whole debate later called Ruby, where when they talked to Monty Um, the creator of the show, and they said what was the hardest thing to animate, and he said that fight scenes are really easy because a punch is a punch, a kick is a kick, but the subtle movements of how somebody walks across a room, or how they play with their hair, or how they walk up a flight of stairs, those subtle movements are very very hard to animate. So he would actually motion capture a lot of cosplayers as they would walk around to get those subtle motions because they're the very hard ones to get. And I totally get it. And watching this movie, it's like, did Miyazaki mocap a bunch of cats? Because the things of how they hop up on a counter or how they eat something or how they would grab, like, paw. uh, There's that scene in the beginning where the cat is stuck in traffic and he's trying to pick up his little bundle and he's trying to nose it to flip it over so he can grab it by the bow, it's like he must have sat there with cameras watching cats for weeks. Miyazaki, again, I think that's what makes him and Isao Takahata so amazing. Their attention to detail is unparalleled. Are you saying that for Grave of the Fireflies, Isao Takahata just like starved a couple Japanese boys just to get the mocap perfect? Um... <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> but no, like Miyazaki. We we've talked about this multiple times. Like with Totoro, how he got the motions of a little girl running and excited, and their facial animations, and then you get to see this with the cat animations and the motions of how they look when they're scrunched. and the clumsy fourteen-year-old. Yeah, Haru and- being late for school. You know, like, you know, getting her hair done, you know, getting dressed, running downstairs, inhaling breakfast, and then wind sprinting to school. And then being stopped by the baseball team, you know, and in real life, she probably wasn't stopped by the baseball team. She probably just kind of got halted for a second as someone came out of the, down the stairs or something. And to her and her 14 year old, you know, panicking brain, it was a train of baseball players. It was an entire baseball team in two ranks running, you know, doing their their morning constitutional. See, my thing that I liked was the scene where she was daydreaming when she was offered to be married to the prince. Oh, mm-hmm. She was daydreaming about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's totally, you know, how a 14 year old works with their all this stuff to do. And you're just you're daydreaming about something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still do it. I'm 34. <laughs> By Happy the way, birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. By the way, he definitely crippled some animators with that scene. So they had some serious carpal tunnel in that scene. But um, I think I think one of my favorite uh, animated scenes was the rescuing of the cat because as she comes in with that lacrosse mm-hmm. stick, scoops up the cat. I mean, that was just so cool looking. I will give you guys this, and I know you've not seen it yet, but it's coming up. There are great action scenes in Tale of Ursi. We've seen some great action scenes in Mononoke. Um, the scene here with Haru scooping up using the 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 lacrosse stick. cross stick, the animation from the moment she picks it up to to the way she angles her body, the way she sprints, the way she prepares the the, the scoop, all of that is wonderful. She 
Miyazaki even gets some Michael Bay esque slow motion in this thing. Uh, how dare you besmirch <laughs> Miyazaki by using that man's name? Well, because let's be real, the only thing Michael Bay is known for is explosions in slow motion. Uh, he's known for a couple other things, and they're all disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, do, I don't think. Uh, well, while Miyazaki is everyone's grandpa, Michael Bay is everyone's creepy uncle. Okay, and let's just leave it at that. And just no, no, he has no place here. But now, but like I said, the, he, Ghibli, they don't do it often, but they do action wonderfully. Oh they do, God. they do. Um, so this movie uh, the plot i'm in for uh it's it's pretty much the same thing as labyrinth right like the story is, is exactly the same yeah, instead of, married, married is, royalty and, yeah, yeah instead of instead of wishing away your baby brother um yeah. you wish away your life she wished away your humanity right. so so the thing is the, the 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 crux of this one is that the more she falls into the fantasy of this cat world the more she becomes a cat and eventually like sprouts ears and a tail and then whiskers. And can we say that she was kind of set up though? Oh yeah. Because I get it. She rescued the prince and they went overboard and trying to repay her. But who doesn't want to be whisked away by Carrie Owens, right? Like, yeah, I mean, sure. As a cat baron. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they set her up. Like, he's talking about believing yourself, and she's like, dude, you're gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just you keep talking to me. Are fine. The funny thing eyes. is, the funny thing is, like, there's another voice in here that could totally seduce and yet <laughs> did not use his voice for seduction. So let's talk about the cast for a minute. This is the good thing of Disney, right? That they bring the House of Mouse brings money and power and, and they talent. Br- and they bring the talent. So who's in this? All right. So Haru is and everyone's crush Anne Hathaway. No, just mine. Everybody just everybody <laughs> else is wrong and I called dibs. <sighs> Carrie Elways is the Baron. Mm. Judy Greer is Yuki, who is the white cat. Um, Kristen Bell plays her best friend, and we all love her. Uh, the the assistant to the king, I guess you'd call him, is Rene Arbourgeois, who is Odo from Star Trek, as a million other. Arbourgeois. Thank you for saying it better. I I'm. <laughs> it took me. 30 years to uh, get to pronounce it even that good. You're doing pretty good. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's Odo himself yes. as Notori. And uh, Andy Richter is the sycophant. <laughs> Peter Boyle plays Muta, which we have to have a whole conversation about Muta. <laughs> uh, but I love Peter Boyle. Um, always have. Uh, if you are not familiar with him, that is the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond or the monster in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's fantastic. He basically uh, plays grumpy grandpa perfectly. Yes. Elliot Gould is the raven. Toto. By the way, I love the fact that they named the raven Toto to give you that analogy to Alice, uh, mm-hmm. to, to the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christine Sutherland, who played Buffy's mom in Buffy, is Haru's mom. Um, and we get to the se- the other really super sexy voice, which is Tim Curry playing the Cat King, 
And yet he's doing his sinister voice, not his sexy voice. But he's so amazing because the first lines out of his mouth are, it's after he's introduced by his second. They say, the the, the venerable cat cat of cat kingdom, the cat king. And and Tim Curry's answer is, that's me, babe. That's me, babe. How you doing? And and meanwhile, meanwhile, the cat himself is this mangy, bug-eyed, bug-eyed, wall-eyed Persian thing. Oh, Obvious expletive deleted. It's amazing. Doesn't look anything like his beautiful son. Yeah, his son is obviously a blue tabby with wonderfully, you know, grace fur. But they do have um. Oh god, what's it called? Uh, where they have two colored eyes, two different color eyes. Uh, heterochromia. There you yeah. go. They both have that, which is how yep. you. Yeah. Yeah. Polychromia. Color, so the color of the fur and the eyes are how you know that they're related. But their personalities could be far, could be no further apart. But oh. Tim Curry's great. Oh, and then well, I also have to mention while we're talking about the cats, there's a scene with the feast when Haru shows up and they're feasting the fact that she's arrived. And there are various cat dignitaries <laughs> sitting around the table. And then they go to the Persian cats that are Persian cats. But the Persian female cat is in a burqa. Yeah. The burqa has kitty ears. So we so we have to talk about this dinner scene as well. Because Ghibli's not necessarily a virgin to murder. But. But. <laughs> This movie's got a body count. So, well, the, the whole thing, this is a take on the court jester scene. So the jester, they're like, amuse the king. And then they come out and they're not funny. So he feeds them to the lions, which in this one is he throws them out the window. His cat, his cat secret service. Now, everybody has, everybody has seen a black and white cat that we call a tuxedo, a tuxedo cat. cat yes. In this, the black and white tuxedo cats are actually wearing tuxedos. They have little ties and they have the little earpieces in their ear. And then it's yeah, guards. the secret service. The secret yeah. service cats. And then the tuxedo cats come and they herf the unfunny comedians. The tuxedo out. cats didn't get rid of them. The executioner cats did. Yes. yes. Oh, executioner cats wearing hoods. Yeah, the tuxedo cats just literally body slammed yes. other cats now, into it's, trees. We're freaking out because it looks like Muta is dead and drowned in jelly. Okay. Cat okay. Jelly. okay. okay. So when we were getting ready to watch this movie with you guys. Jen was like, man, I haven't watched this in a while. I'm gonna have, can't wait to be watching it. I was like, well, I hope you don't get mad like you did the last time when we watched it. <laughs> and she was like, and she was like, what I do you mean? Remember. I don't remember getting mad. I was like, when Muta was thought to be dead, she goes, oh, I remember that. <laughs> well, Ted got mad. Yeah. Ted got real mad. Well, see, because I'm, okay, so Uncle, Uncle Techie, is looking at this through different eyes. I'm sorry, Uncle Techie? Uncle Techie. Don't you mean... Uncle Baba. There you go. Uncle Baba has to look at this through different eyes because I have a niece, and I've been struggling to find... Because she loves anime. She's been starting to watch a heck of a lot of it, but all of it is wet, hot, garbage, trash that I don't want to watch, and I know that she's not going to sit down and watch Ghost in the Shell with me. So I'm trying to find something to bridge... That gap in this movie is perfect. 
until I get to a dinner scene at the King's Palace, which is just let's watch the king murder a bunch of people and then drown a dude in a giant tub of jelly. Catnip jelly. Catnip jelly, yes. Catnip jelly at that. So we discover later that Muta's okay and the people that were herfed are fine. Yeah, because they're cats. They land on their feet. But there is a reason why Muta's alive. Yes. Which is amazing. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Muta. I think Muta being the star of the show. Uh, sorry, Baron. You're suave. You're sexy. Everybody has a crush on you. But Muta is the star of the show. So Muta is the little John character. He's this gruff, surly, giant white cat with an orange patch on one eye. He has a voiced by Peter Boyle. And there's Peter not much Boyle. acting going on. No, He's it's just, just being snarky, snarky. Snarky grandpa. He's he's surly. He's mean to you, but at the end of the day, he really cares. Like the bear, he has, he has an, a heart of gold. He has a heart of gold and a bottomless stomach. Yeah, and so in the Japanese, Muta keeps being mistakenly called Buta, which is Japanese for pig. Yeah, that's Buta with a B. Yeah, not. The other word with a P that I won't say right now. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I said Buta. I'm, I'm just Buta. clarifying for okay. comedic effect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, in the English dub, they call him Muta. Muta. To think that he's ca- they're calling him a cow. So I think that is a really clever that, way. That's actually really good. Of Yeah, I thought that was a really clever way of conveying that joke in English. Um, and so... With that, right? Like, cause you, you get, he introduced him, even the Baron calls him Muta. And. Well, I mean, his well, name is Muta, but Muta, when they yeah. draw out the moo. And when Are they. You're saying I'm a cow. <laughs> and when they get to the cat kingdom, the king's second, the whole time is like, he looks so familiar he looks to me. So familiar. Why doesn't, and, and earlier in the movie, he says, I'm not going back there. I'm never going back there. So it's like, well, what is it about the Cat Kingdom that he really doesn't like? <laughs> and, you know, it, and, and, so- and shall we put like, cause there, this isn't a movie that I think you could spoil too much, but I do think that this is going to be our big spoiler warning for yeah. the end of the movie. Cause it is a big secret. Yeah. It does take place in the climax of the movie as yeah. well. So, so this so is, if you don't want to hear it, if you haven't seen the movie, skip ahead like 10 minutes. Or just pause this, go watch The Cat Returns on either Netflix in another country. Nobody's going to do that. Or HBO Max. And <laughs> if you do that, let me know. Send me an email at nukechoss at gmail.com or nettybites at nimlast.org and, and let me know. Did you did you stop this and go watch The Cat Returns? It's I on Netflix guess. if you're outside the U.S. I can HBO guess. HBO if you're in the U.S. I will say that two people will do this because you asked them nicely and Ooh. I can guarantee you that I know their names. Okay. I will say I'm not going to say it on air. Oh. I will well, say I, I think that would be challenging. Like that would be an extra challenge to them. All Ooh. right, fine. Shane, Shane, Phase, Phase. Guess what you guys are doing? You're pausing this right now before we go on to talk about Muta, and you're going to watch the show. I'll add a third to that. Yeah, the bathtub mermaid. If she's not watched it already. Because I have recommended this to her before. Mm, mm. Um, I I will say Faze probably won't because Faze doesn't listen to my podcast anymore. He just comes watching me stream anyway, <laughs> um, which is great. Also, well then he didn't hear anything. We can just keep, keep talking, moving. Keep yeah, talking it'll still back. be it'll still be two though. If Melissa does it, it'll still be two and text the wins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, um, the big I, secret, the yes. big secret. Tech, I, I actually think Tech should do this because he got the biggest kick out of the hieroglyphs. 
Go right ahead. He's the greatest criminal our kingdom's ever known. Look, he's even in our art. And they point up to the wall, and there's like Egyptian hieroglyphic-style drawings of this cat that is just a giant open mouth and this river of fish pouring into it. It's like, he ate all the fish in the lake and then, and then left. Bounced. And chucked, he chucked the deuce. And his alias is wonderful. It's Ronaldo Moon. Yeah, that's right. Ronaldo Moon. And, he is and the, the best moon. part is the best part is he's so renowned that once they re, once they announce his name, he punks the entire King's Guard. Like the yeah, they're all like, like, "Oh no, oh no, 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 no! He'll eat us." Ronaldo Moon. Oh God, the Ronaldo. And he even says, "Like they go, Ronaldo Moon," and the King's like, "Who the heck is that?" And he goes, "King, like Tex said, he's in our art," and he's like. <laughs> And he he the points to the wall. <laughs> yep. And he points to the hieroglyphs, and he's like, he ate all the fish in the lake, and he dipped. And um, and he and then Muta immediately goes, absolutely, I did. And now I'll eat. He's like, I'll do it again, and I'll eat the castle. And <laughs> Baron has the best line of, Muta, did you really do that? That's disgusting. <laughs> so the cat returns is the title. Which makes you think that it really is more of a sequel than it is. But it's really not about Whisper of the Heart so much. And I think that this is kind of fun. The Cat Returns can refer to many cats. It can refer to the Baron, which I think is what I was expecting. It can refer to Muta returning, uh, the the notorious fish thief Muta returning to the kingdom after many years. The prince. by the way, apparently Muta was also in Whisper of the Heart, which is kind yeah. of fun. Yes, he was. Um, she sees a grumpy-looking fat cat in yeah. uh, in the cat in uh, Whisper of yeah. the Heart. And then um, the prince returning at the end to set everything right and fix all the craziness. And, and also Yuki, Yuki, the, yeah, the dirty, the dirty little kitten that I would never have recognized you because you're so beautiful now. I'm sorry, she was beautiful then. She just happened to be a a, a stray. Yeah, and oh. on top of that, what to be fair, what kind of savior were you if you're just gonna feed this kitten and leave it like? No. Yeah, and this whole thing about oh oh uh, you know um, little little orphan kitties in the streets, little abandoned strays aren't pretty. It's like they're the most adorable things on the planet. That's why we fall in love with them. That's why we take them home. That's why we end up with twenty four of them. Not anyone that I'm currently looking at right now. Hint 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 hint. Yeah, who in the world could he talk about? I didn't know. <laughs> you don't have twenty four of them. I don't. I didn't know. 10 <laughs> well, not anymore. Nutty, oh! no. you have 24 cats? My God. I know, it's amazing. How did I have mice if I have so many cats? Mm. Um. <laughs> but no, like, and it's, it's just, again, this... Jen, are you doing shots? Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, it's just so whimsical, right? Like this, there's, other than Muta's death, quote unquote, and dudes being yeeted out of windows. <laughs> this- Ten bonus points for using the word yeet on this podcast. <laughs> but it is very appropriate. Like, you could literally put that sound effect in and it would fit wonderfully. So, to everybody who doesn't know what we're doing, what we're talking about, if you are going to throw something, if you are throwing for accuracy, yell Kobe. If you are throwing for distance, you yell yeet. So when you throw a cat out the window of a tower, absolutely yeet. Yeah, and if you're trying to end some sort of competition with a finality, it's Kobe. 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 All right, Kobe. Love you. 
so, so um, the 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 story I give props because it has beginning, middle, and end. It's a whole thing. Uh, it's really good. Uh, the joy that I feel while watching this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is what makes me want to come to Ghibli movies. Like this is why I watch Ghibli movies because I just, I was smiling the entire time. I had a wonderful time watching this. Um, I, I, is amazing. It was amazing. You know, people talk about how Disney movies make them feel. And I think Disney movies do it through a cheap way. They generally give you an emo- a, a, a neutral to high emotional level to start, and then they bottom you out with a tragedy and then build you back up to higher heights, right? Like, I mean, look at Up, look at, um, was it Inside Out? Mm-hmm. Those type of movies. Uh, Toy Story. Toy Story, absolutely. Yeah. Toy Story 3. You God. mean all the Pixar's? Uh, yeah, yeah. God, t- John Lasseter is a taco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but if it weren't for John Lasseter, we wouldn't have the Disney connection with Ghibli. Very true. As we've discussed in the past. Very true. John Lasseter, good on you, buddy. But you're still yeah. listen to um, our. Um, is it Nausicaa? E- yeah, our Nausicaa episode. We explained the whole relationship there. But Ghibli is so masterful in actually just making you feel wonderful. If they want to make you feel bad, they will absolutely make you feel bad. But they have just movies that just give you a wondrous feeling. I mean, Ponyo is delightful from start to finish. Totoro is just wonderful. It has that childish imagination to it. Um, It's just great. Um, Spirited Away. um, Miyazaki, for some reason, knows how to do, and Ghibli knows how to do coming of age for young girls brilliant yeah. mm-hmm. like I just, I just to have a guy this wasn't even just coming of age though this was we literally watched her grow up she yeah she yeah. literally grew up as we watched this and uh, spirited away has that as well um and it and just it, even in how they drew the character changed because her yeah. hairstyle changed yep she, she cared about her appearance more and yeah, not right. in a not in a superficial kind of way but just in a mature like mm-hmm. if i'm going to start my day if i'm going to get these things done I need to be dressed for the day. I need, I need to I need to cut my hair and have it styled and yeah. So she take yeah. Um she even shuns the concept of chasing a boy. Yeah. And you know boys the are gross. I totally get it. Yeah, boys got cooties, like super they cooties. Do. Super cooties. They really do. Although except for Carrie always, because his voice obviously soothed the cooties and made them relieve you alone because he talked them out of it. It's it's fine. But when Carrie always tells you to believe in yourself, you better do what he says. I mean, he's not wasting that gorgeous voice on you. So the one thing I think in this movie that fell flat, and I was going to bring this up in my rating, but I think I'll talk about it now because Nutty's Nutty's gone on another planet here. No, I'm not gone on another planet. You're also researching as you you podcast. But I'll talk about this now. The one part of this movie that I think fell flat for me, the the worst part, if I could have a, a thing that I enjoyed the least in this movie was the score. Mm. Because it was really flat. Yeah, okay. Only, you're right, Tech. There's only one iconic song in this entire soundtrack, and, and that's it's the end the, credits. That's the the dance, the, the dancing. Right. But other than that, the rest of the the rest of the songs, even 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 the one in the dancing, everything else was this like orchestral score. But it really it really didn't stand out. It wasn't that good. There's no memorable tracks that are, I'm not going to be humming this in the shower later. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was just kind of a bland, generic, 
uh, orchestral score in the back. And with all of the whimsy and everything else in the show, I kind of wanted the soundtrack to help in that immersion. I wanted the, the music so, to go okay. along with it, and it didn't. I disagree. Mm-hmm. So did, Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I, I agree that the music was a little bit <laughs> more bland. Mm-hmm. But you paid more attention to the movie. You paid more attention to the characters. You paid more attention to the dialogue. Because there was a lot of dialogue in this movie. There was. Um, the dance scene felt a lot like Phantom of the Opera to me. <laughs> well, he was definitely invoking that. Mm. I know. But I, I feel like that dance song, the song they were dancing to also had a bit to do with it. But I wasn't paying attention to the music. I wasn't sitting there like, oh, this is nice. Oh, wait, what are they doing? No, I was paying attention to what they were doing. I was paying attention to what everybody else was doing, you know, at the time, like the gestures and the and the executioners in, in the, the dining maze. hall. And then when they were running through the maze, and I was paying attention to the movie. I really wasn't. Uh, uh, you, you're, right. Going. No, you're right. And a really good soundtrack shouldn't distract you by being good or bad. A good soundtrack should add you know, it should build on, you know, I think we have to talk about, you know, Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. being probably the greatest soundtrack in a movie that I can think of, because all of the themes sort of help set the scene for what's going on. But I don't remember watching Star Trek, Star, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, and thinking to myself, man, this track is a banger. And so who's this, who's this guy in the black cloak on the screen? I don't care. I want to listen to this track. My problem with this is that there's a couple of scenes, especially during uh, the more action filled scenes where the the score actually pulled me out of it. And well, it's like, what am I listening to? Because this is crap. So I will go. I will back up Jim in a little bit of support here. Um, Miyazaki, it just like George Lucas, just like Spielberg. They work with John Williams. Mm-hmm. Miyazaki usually works with Joe Hisashi. Joe Hisashi did not do this soundtrack. It was actually, the music was done by Yuji Nami, which I'm not saying Yuji Nami's bad, but he is not Joe Hisashi. I right. mean, if you go listen to soundtracks done by Joe Hisashi, you recognize him just like you would recognize something done by John Williams um, uh, or the guy who does who does The Simpsons. Danny Elfman. Yeah. Danny Elfman. Like, Mr. Oingo Boingo himself. Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so people of that caliber you recognize. And the thing about it is their music can distract you from a movie. But once you know who it is that does it, you give it you give it a little bit of leeway. You're like, okay, I get it. It's uh-huh. I actually think for the amount of whimsy in this movie, I think that Danny Elfman would not be a horrible choice for the soundtrack. I So I... Uh, my thoughts on the soundtrack are I understand your point because I didn't really notice the soundtrack too much and I was really focused on um the actual scenes. The only time I really heard the soundtrack was at the beginning and during their dance and I really wanted to hear with um Country Road because I was <laughs> expecting this to be a sequel but um yeah I, it didn't bother me it didn't pull me out but it you know if it pulled you out then it pulled you out that's you that's your complaint everyone's valid um yeah it just I honestly uh, trying to remember what it sounds like is is difficult it's not that big a deal yeah, I even mentioned that the only song that actually stands out in this soundtrack was the dance scene. And and to be And you fair, said that's what they use for the the menu credits and the Blu-ray? 
Um, because it's heavy. Um, uh, blah, 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 the thing that Weird Al Yankovic plays. Accordion. <laughs> accordion. Accordion. It's very heavy accordion. But you know what other film that we've done that has a very heavy accordion sound to the music as well, which is why I realized that they've used something similar. And I also may mention that when we watched it, Howl's Moving Castle, because mm. the floating scene where they're walking through the clouds away from the soldiers in that movie is done to an uh, an accordion heavy. Uh, which is funny because the, the walking on the crows, we also made that connection to Howl's Moving Castle. Miyazaki yeah. loves to tout his own stuff through yeah. imagery. And there's definite themes in everything. There's always flying, right? There's yeah. always flying. What are, what are the top Miyazaki themes? Uh, coming of age story of a young woman. Air flying or aerial scenes or and and he also does he loves landscapes and wide shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mononoke is rife with them, and he murdered so many animators. <laughs> so many animators. Um, but in this, you get those wide shots when like she's on top of the the tower coming out, escaping the cat kingdom. You also get the ones where they're doing the flights, and uh, the Baron is chasing the cats, uh, cats who've taken Haru, and you see them as he's going through the city. By the way, that and whole segment murdered animators. By the and way, and it's all manner of flying. Whether you're flying by magical acorn, Mitsubishi right. Zero, yeah. witch's broom, or raccoon's testicles, you're freaking flying. <laughs> Are we going to have a single episode of Intro to Ghibli that doesn't mention that? Now that we've covered Pompoka, <laughs> listen, 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 pouches, pouches, listen, listen, magical. Transformative. Forget it. Pouches. It's a raccoon pouch. So moving, moving <laughs> away from that, the other big theme is is children, youth. Youth is always part of his. I'm, I'm. To be movies. fair, I'm trying to think, and I think the only film that I know of his that he is that Miyazaki himself has done mm-hmm. that does not have children in it or as the main characters is The Wind Rises. No. All right. Right. We don't want Takahata to do children again. No. <laughs> Sorry, that was loud. But can I say, can I say this much? Takahata's done children to death. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. That's a good Does one. Does anybody have anything else to say about this movie before we move on to ratings? That was that was harsh. I can't believe I gave my neighbor the Yamadas that low of a score. Oh my god. Mm. What is wrong with me? Yeah, what my, is wrong with you? I think the Yamadas is delightful. It's, I think you gave it that low of a score because it it wasn't a full movie. It was like vignettes, right? Okay. And I think that's what bothered okay. you. Okay, so are we doing ratings? Yeah, let's ahead. do some ratings. Yeah, what's who's your rating? Up, who's up? Me? You? Okay, it's you. So it's I, all you, buddy. So I am going to give this Ooh. nine out of ten. Ooh. Boxes of fish crackers, which are definitely not goldfish brand goldfish crackers. <laughs> no, they're not because their mama, mama circus fish crackers. They, I bet they taste like fish. Yeah, because <laughs> Japanese and and other Asian countries love fish crackers. Right. So, yeah. th- but so what I've decided to do with with my scoring ever since I got stormed out of <laughs> in that one in that one thing is every movie starts with a perfect 100% score and then you lose points for things. And also, Nutty, can you please explain to the folks who... Ah, uh, yes. If oh, you've yes. never heard uh, one of our ratings, our rating system is zero is horrifying, one is dreadful, two is tedious, three is boring, 
four is mediocre, five is average. So five is a good score. Six is solid. Seven is exceptional. Eight is dazzling. Nine is penultimate. And 10 is sublime. We have totally stolen this from the Treknologic rating system. I'm sorry. My mind was elsewhere. Uh, Um, So this is a nine out of 10. It loses two half points for me. Okay. Uh, so one, uh, I will say that it loses a half point for the soundtrack. We've already discussed mm-hmm. that. It, it fell a little flat for me. I wanted something a little bit more whimsical to go with the whimsy of the movie. Maybe something a li- maybe maybe turned up a little bit more in the mains in some scenes would have been nice. And it loses the other half point for yet again being another Ghibli movie that doesn't end; it just stops. Yeah. And they explain to me a little too much in the post. Wait, you think it just stops? I think it had a. I think it had a. I thought solid it had a nice conclusion. Yeah. Well, it had it had an ending, which is why I didn't lose a full point and just a okay. half point. The thing is, it ended, but it's that it was in that final scene with, um, you know, now that Haru's all grown up and everything gets rectified, and the king on the balcony going, "Well, I think I'm going to retire." Oh, I think I'll retire too. Well, that's how you defeat the villain. You just. Push him into retirement. Cut his his fur off and he wants to retire. I mean, to me, it it really felt like bringing me back to Totoro when the entire um, uh, resolution of the plotline with the mother is done in the closing credits. It really felt the same way with this, Mm. that it was just in like that last 30 seconds and happily ever after. I, I, I do want to remind everyone that retire... In Japanese, there is only one word for when you stop working. Retire, fired, quit, uh, forced out, uh, lost your position. All of that is the same word. Kill yourself. Yes, it is all the same word. There is no differentiation. Now, um, I think... Now, this movie was only like an hour and 15 minutes long. It didn't... It it breathed. It breathed, yes. I think, and this is, you know, because we talked about cutting a couple of these movies a little bit shorter. Mm. Princess Mononoke, I'm looking at you. Where do, where would you like more? I would like an extra 10 minutes. Um, of, On the end? Yeah. Okay. Dealing with the resolution of the individual story arcs and then maybe, maybe just like a, a montage of Haru getting ready in the morning. You know, because there's that scene where her mom wakes up and goes downstairs and breakfast is made and Haru's dressed. It's like, it's not even a school day. Yeah, I'm meeting my friend. But a conversation with a friend on the phone to talk about their day, her making breakfast, her getting ready, getting dressed and all that, and then having little, like, snippets. As, like, a contrast to the way that it opened that it with used to be. her frantic uh, right. getting to and school And then late. showing... Yeah. And then maybe, right, maybe fair. like while she's making breakfast, like a cat on the windowsill comes by to explain something to her or something, and you just have a resolution of all of the arcs in a little monta. I could have done with ten minutes of that, and that would have been great. That's see, I agree because when I saw the mom waking up, I thought it was Haruko. Yeah, me I too. like we saw. I saw the clock, and I was like, oh, different clock. Oh, rearranged room, but still thought it was her that was getting up frantically. And getting ready for the day, yeah. right? So, so I agree. Like I, a little bit of something to show that would have changed. Okay, yeah. I, okay, so I, for me, I think that ending actually does that because it is diametrically opposed to how the movie started with that hectic, panicked, get out of bed. I hit the snooze a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, but seeing her do things calmly, I, yes. I think it would be fair. 
I, I don't think any of us would disagree. The aftermath of her yeah. doing things calmly. We get yeah, but I, I don't think any of us would have minded had this movie been 10 or 15 minutes longer. No. No. I mean, the I didn't feel like, oh, God, can this movie end already? Like, certain movies that even when they're good, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, is it still going on? Princess Mononoke. Um, <laughs> so, Jen, what would you rate this? So, this was one of my more favorite movies. But I'm only giving it an eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, catnip jellies. There we go. Ooh. Oh my. No, that catnip jelly was mine the whole time. The first time that I watched this movie, I thought that they had killed off Muto, and I was pissed, and I mm-hmm. went on a rave. Real quickly, Nettie, can you can you list the ones we've already done? Because I have a question for Jen before we finish up. Let's do that after ratings. Okay. My rating for this is actually the same as Jen's. It's an eight out of ten. Um, reason being is because I feel this is actually quite short. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the shortest of the Ghibli films. Eight out of ten, what? Uh, easy. It's eight out of ten dapper cats. Oh. Um, and also, honestly, I don't mind Haru. I don't mind that story, but I kind of have to take off because Haru isn't that interesting. Like when it comes to Miyazaki's female characters who are absolutely interesting, Kiki wonderful ponyo wonderful um san in princess mononoke and and other films that you guys haven't seen yet has female characters that are marvelous and engaging and i like them and don't get me wrong i love the fact that haru grows up and and goes away from that whole like boy crazy like i'm doing all this stuff to get the attention of a guy who already has a girlfriend to like stereotype but she just you put you put that character who probably would have stood out in any other movie against marvelous characters like the Baron, like Muta, even the Cat King. Like these three characters are voiced by heavyweight movie stars, and th- their characters represent that. And she's just not as big of a so character. I, I have to I have to defend Haru here. It's like yeah, one she's voiced by Anne Hathaway. So one, shut your mouth and. <laughs> And, and and two, um, I think in the way that she doesn't stand out is how she stands out. I think okay. that by being a little bit gray, it makes her more human. It makes her so, like a lot of people. And I will say that at that age, that is the girl that Lil Techie would have it? had the biggest crush on. Is it? Known who you are. At, at, is it Tech? Lil Techie? Or how about I make you fight yourself? The mechanic girl from Palm, from, uh, from, uh, Porco Rosso? Porco Rosso or Haru because the mechanic girl is marvelous. She's independent. She's strong. She even stands up to Porco multiple times. She's awesome. Yeah, and he needs to be put down in his place. So I'm going to say that Jason, your criticisms are fair, but I'm also going to agree with tech because that is also fair to me. She really is Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth (laughs) because we don't know that much about her. Why is she so special? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, she's not. She is every girl. She is pants. Um, she is Bella Swan. You might as well call her pants because her name doesn't matter. But any girl can sit in her shoes because she is so plain and so average. So I have a question for everybody and I feel like we should do this as a bonus because I don't want to drag the episode out longer, Hmm. but I definitely want to see everybody's opinion because we bash the heck out of, uh, Twilight 
and those Mary Sue type characters. And you guys have mentioned key phrases that stand out for Mary Sue characters. Mm-hmm. Any female could be in that position. You know, you can relate. That yes, type of thing. any female can go and hook up with a sparkly <laughs> vampire any day they want. <laughs> but it's that. But that's not what makes that. Not what makes Bella Mary Sue. But but I I, I will say that on a recent stream, I was defending the Twilight books. So Woo! yeah, the, we could have fun with that. But can I get to my rating? Absolutely. Get to your rating, and then we'll answer this question because now I've got a rant loaded. Um. So I give this a nine out of 10 signature blends of tea. It's a little different each time. Um, (laughs) uh, I rate this just a little bit higher than Howl's Moving Castle because of the joy that I feel. I am so full of joy after watching this and have while I was watching it that that goes a long way for me is how do I feel at the end of the movie and yeah that's I I feel great and I even went looking trying to find what people think that signature blend would be by the way reddit has failed me um they (laughs) have no suggestions but somebody at um Adiago Teas has made their own blend and they have put together Earl Grey, lemongrass and cream tea. So it's, it's with marigold flowers, lemon balm and lemon verbena. It sounds delicious. Um, I feel like we need to make a recipe book of drinks, desserts, and entrees, food, and appetizers based around the things we see in Ghibli stuff. Yeah, oh, He has delightful food. Like, like They're just delightful stuff. That feast from Spirited Away. Don't you just want to eat? Anything, mm. but uh, almost anything in these movies I will eat except for the herring pie. Mm-hmm. I would try it. The pumpkin would, herring pie. I would, I'm, I would, at least I would try it, but I'm not going to go out and buy all the ingredients to make it. Jen's making a face. She's like, so no. I, I had I had to rant at Jason. What was I going to rant about? What We're going to rant after we uh, close up because okay. it has to do with Twilight. Right. But um, uh, Jason, you wanted to know what yes. are the movies that we have done already? Yes, because my question to Jen is, have we covered your favorite Ghibli film yet? And that's why I wanted to know what what's her favorite Ghibli film. That's why I was going to ask because I don't know in the top off the top of my head. Ooh. We haven't done it yet. So. I I think she's trying to think. So what we have covered is My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, Whisper of the Heart, Princess Mononoke, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, Only Yesterday, Pompoco, My Neighbor the Yamadas, and now The Cat Returns. We We have done, this is our 13th Ghibli movie out of 24-ish 23 for tech. <laughs> so I don't know which one's my favorite, but I do know which one has affected me the most. Mm. Which one's that one? Pompoco. I knew it. I knew that's what she was going to say. Now, to, that's now, the now, one that has definitely affected me the most. And also, to be fair, the only person on this podcast right now that has seen Grave of the Fireflies is moi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen it. Jen has never seen Grave of the Fire. So, so Jen, that scene where all the raccoons go on the beautiful boat and they sail <laughs> off in the distance, never to be seen again. So this, now, I will tell you right now the scene that bothers her. It's the scene where the raccoons are going across the street and get hit, and they are. Oh no! And the worst, and the worst part is they are beautifully animated oh, in their death. It's harsh. It's harsh. It's rough. I, I will say, of the movies that we have seen. 
the the movie that Jen has rated the highest is My Neighbor Totoro. I think that would and the be lowest right. is a tie between Princess Mononoke and My Neighbor the Yamadas. I'm pretty sure I'm the one that gave Mononoke the highest. And only yesterday. Oh, and only yesterday. Yes. So Jason, your lowest tiebreaker and lower than is is, is is Whisper of the Heart. I know it. It'll yeah. it, my in Whisper of the Heart will be the lowest. There is not a movie in the Ghibli catalog that I detest more than Whisper of the Heart. Jen, what which did you say should be the tiebreaker for those three? I said, let me just lower only yesterday's. <laughs> oh, ouch! Second. Mm. <laughs> so. By the way, we've all given this movie, we've given The Cat Returns an mm. 8.5 out of 10. Mm. So, so what is the highest rated? I, I think My Neighbor Totoro. And under that. Tens across the board. 100%, 100% across the board. Kiki would be next, correct? Or is this Spirited? Um, no, no. The next is uh, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. And then Ponyo. And then Ponyo. And yeah. then Kiki. Okay. Kiki, uh, yeah, then Kiki, which is tied with The Cat Returns. Uh-huh. And then Porco Rosso. And then Porco Rosso, which is kind of surprising, but yeah. And so I will say, out of what we have left, we have not covered my favorite yet. Okay. And do you think in the ones that we have left that our ratings are going to get upset? Do you think that we're going to have to shuffle the top of that list? No. I yes. I spoke too soon. Um, I think it'll be split down party lines. Okay. <laughs> I think you and I will rate certain films higher than Nutty and Jen. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And there is literally one in particular that I think. The wind rises, happens. don't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, you for the for what it's about. Yep. Me, because I I still purposely think this is Miyazaki's best love story. Is it about a boy in his plane? Hell, it is about a boy technically in his plane, but that the, love, the story, love story. Yeah, the love story is mm-hmm. Although I would, I I'm, again, I'm one of the things that interests me about the Ghibli stuff that we're covering is your guys' reactions to these. Because for years I hunted these movies down, collected the Blu-rays and DVDs because I was a huge fan of Miyazaki stuff in Ghibli and they were the Disney of Japan. So seeing you guys, how you, how you guys react to these things and, 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 you know, intake these things is my highest enjoyment of this. Um, especially with the fact that I knew from Jump Street you guys were going to love Whisper of the Heart more than me. <laughs> but I do find. You know, it's interesting how Nutty responded to Spirits in a Way and Kiki's Delivery Service and how Tech gushed over uh, Porco Rosso because, wait for it, it's about planes. Uh, that Savoia 20, that beautiful airplane in that movie. Oh, my God. What about so the, what the about next... The Shut up, Jason. The next intro to Ghibli episode, which we can't give you a date on when it is because we kind of just do it when we feel like it, uh, is going to be Tales from Earth Sea, which is based on an Ursula K. Lagoon book. That, if you listen to the fans, has never been done well. Yeah, well, including this? In, actually, the fans say this is the best representation, but it's still not good. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. I have not read the book. I am saving the book to read okay. till after watching this. So, Jen, what are your thoughts on what you think our thoughts are going to be of Tales from Earthsea? My my thoughts differed a lot from Jason's about that movie. Okay. Um, that's why we're asking you. Yeah. No, I don't. 
think it's going to, I don't think Tech's going to like it nearly as much. I think Nutty will. It's got almost a Ponyo um, feel to it with the whimsical and the, the love story in it is just like I'm trying not to spoil sashimi. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> not spoiling. Thank you for swearing. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I gotta edit. <laughs> I didn't swear, did I? Yeah, you did. You s bombed. You s bombed. To be fair, I said the a word earlier. Yeah, Wait, you did. And you, Great. I now did. I gotta search for that. And you know what's really funny, Jen? That's like your second or third s bomb tonight, but the first one Nutty noticed. I did. Yeah. When I don't remember saying it. Oh, this is gonna stink to edit. To be anyway. fair, we've kept it PG thirteen. No. We're allowed one F bomb no, for a PG thirteen. No, 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 no. And we've no, not had one we've not, Stop and it. we've not had an F bomb yet. Jen. If we keep mentioning yeah. curse words that Nutty didn't notice, we might get one from her. I'm rehearsing in my head before I say anything, so I don't say any more cuss words. <laughs> more spoilers? Because obviously I say them without thinking about it. Um so it's got Your grandpa was a sailor. It's fine. Yeah, I know. Um the love story in this is very almost heartbreaking. Okay. And I want I would love to I'd love to go into more detail about this because well, I know. There's, there's, I have a question. I, I have a question. Jen, have you read the book? No. Okay. Okay, so Good Nutty, time. what are your thoughts going into this? Now you know a little bit about this from you know what the book is. I, I don't know anything don't know about this much book. The about title. The, I don't know much about the book. I just know that I like the author. Okay, what else I've has read this author done? Other things that she's done. I've read a lot of her short stories. Okay. And didn't she die this year? Knowing twenty twenty, sure. I mean But I will but I will say this. I didn't Oh know. no, twenty eighteen. Oof. Okay, I, died I, a few years ago. I was going to say um, I didn't know that this was based on a book. Actually, when I first saw Tales of mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know it for a long time. And then I was yeah, like, so "Wait Earth a second, is a huge. Series. It's a whole I, series." Yeah, I thought it was based on the show Earthsea because mm. there was a show. Um, Probably not done yeah, right. Definitely different. Come so to- I'm I'm showing the titles to Tech. Yep. So what do you um, think this is going to be about? What's do you your, know any of these titles? Not a sausage. Okay. <laughs> but I have an idea. There's for over what... 45 books, you know. Good God! I have She's an idea. Prolific. I have an idea for what I think this is going to be. Was she trying to make it Dune? <laughs> no, no. Dune's no, only not... like Dune's only like four or five books. Just each one's over a thousand bloody pages. Not 45 books in the Earthsea Chronicles, but. Over forty-five books that she's written total. Oh, I was like, "Good lord, she's like, she's like, go back like to Brandon Sanderson. She can't stop writing." Yeah. Um, I think that with a name like the Tales from Earth Sea, that this is going to be Miyazaki hitting us over the head with his ecology save the Earth, the planet is sacred movement, and that this is going to be a lot like Nausicaa. So. I will tell you one thing. So I'm pretty sure I was mixing up the Earthseas. And it's not a spoiler. Okay. Because I mentioned this before we recorded. Mm-hmm. This is not a Miyazaki film. It's okay. his son. Goro yeah. Miyazaki. Yeah, it's not. It's not oh, a Miyazaki. This is, this is Goro Miyazaki. Okay. But that's my, just going on the title and the just the, the screenshots of the books that Nutty just showed me, going on what I know, I think this is going to be a Nausicaa-like save-the-planet uh, sort of thing. And I don't know where they're going to go with that, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, especially if it can make Jen make those funny faces like she was doing when she was trying to explain to me what kind of a love story this movie had. <laughs> I really think I was mixing them up. 
<laughs> oh, did, did you think that Earthsea was Nausicaa? No, 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 no. I know Nausicaa. Okay. I was thinking of the two little fairy things. Yeah, see. Is it a Ghibli? Yeah. Kaguya? No, I don't think it's Ghibli. It's one of those animes we watched, though. And it was, it was, um, it's called Earthsea or Earth something, but it's got the little, uh, the flame, and then it's got the other one. Oh! Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, see, By the I way, I had, I had to, them completely. I had to dig that. through the deep library of my otaku brain. You're mm-hmm. talking about the, um, the prince, um, sea prince and the fire child. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. By the way, do not watch sea prince and the fire child. If you want, if you don't want to ball your eyes out, do not watch sea prince and the fire child. I, from, from her description, it sounds like I have to watch this and I, I can watch it on Amazon Prime. Sea prince and the fire child is on there. Well, on, on, on Canadian Prime. Oh, dude! Watch, According watch, to Google, this, this animation it, looks horrid. No, no, no! It's actually really, really good. It um, reminds it, me same, of the animation from Fantasia with the um, pastoral scene. It, mm-hmm. Yes, it has some of the same animation. If you've ever seen a thing called Chirin's Bell or Tech, the one that you love so much with the big fluffy snow dog, it reminds me of the animation Hello, of Sebastian. the Little Prince. Yes, yes, Little Prince. Yes, L- Little Prince. Uh, ch- uh, uh, um. The Keep of the White Lion, uh, Sea Prince and the Fire Child, they all have the same style, style of animation. The, the, the one with the big dog you were thinking of is Belle and Sebastian. Yes. That would have the same type of animation, I would say, as Sea Prince and the Fire Child, though I think Sea Prince and the Fire Child had a higher little budget because it was a movie, not a series. I need to watch this. Yes, and by the way, if uh, nobody has hugged a, a Great Pyrenees dog lately, go find a Great Pyrenees and give him a hug. One, he'll Hi. love you for it. I Do- found a Great Pyrenees. Don't play. Don't play. Present. What was that? I said I found a great Pyrenees, a Christmas present. Did you? Yes. Which is Christmas present? Well, it's this it's so giant. Okay, it's a giant stuffed bulldog. Oh. <laughs> and Bo is just going to devour it. Yes. She wanted to get it a unicorn. I mm-hmm. I want to get him a unicorn, Jason Wolini. Mm-hmm. It's so fluffy. So on that note. I want to thank um, everyone. Thank you for doing this with me. Uh, happy birthday to Jen, our cat Jesus. Uh, it's great that we watched a movie about cats on the weekend that we are celebrating cat Jesus. Um, but I also want to thank all of our patrons. Without you, we wouldn't be putting out two episodes a month. Thank you to Jax, our biggest of big daddies. Thank you, big daddy. And to our other big daddies, Jason and Rich, thank you very much. Thank you, slightly lesser big daddies. To our patrons of the arts, thank you to Andy Luke. Thank you to Mark Cabot. Uh, Mark, the encaffeinated one. Melissa Bartell, the bathtub mermaid. Lynette uh, and Susanna, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to our number one fan, Shane. Thank you to Hugh, Uncle Monster, Will, Zachman, Greg, the Radical Geek, Steve Pritchard, Susan, Harold, Ian, Patrick, Ken, and I think that means Charlotte too, uh, Kinsey, Mike, and Justine. Thank you all so much. Um, and please, have you seen... The Cat Returns. What did you think of it? And did you stop and and go watch it if you hadn't seen it already? What was your experience? Hmm? You should have gone and you should have gone to stop and watch it just to make me right for once. It's fine. 
So, uh, Jan, Jason, where can everybody find your podcast? You can start our Facebook group, Nerds and Voices, because the Nerds and Voices is everything we do. You can help continue the conversation and help our community to grow, because like, we like talking to you guys. And I would love to have like, you know, people interacting with us. It'd be great. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Note to self, if an irradiated man who happens to be like the third copy that you've run into ever tells you, don't go in there, don't go in there. The Redacted Files is an actual play podcast. Ooh, and an actual 20. Is anyone just a little discomforted by the fact that she gets so excited with a natural 20? With tales of horror and suspense. And he wishes you a good afternoon. I go home to the nightmares I will inevitably have. Hold one bad die roll at a time. That's your attack? Yes. <laughs> Stop laughing at us. Visit us at theredactedfiles.com where you can give us a listen or join us in telling the next story. You can investigate or you can go down the stairs. I think we'll go. <laughs> Do you guys think we'll go? I, th- I think we'll go. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-NUTTY42. And an extra special thank you to Jax for QAing this for me because after listening to it twice, I still didn't hear all the swears and I knew that there were at least two more missing. So I asked him to preview it for me. So thank you so much, Jax, for all of your help. You are the best. Censorship is good. Nimlas forever.